T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Blake, Blake Topmeyer is the SEC columnist for the USA Today Sports Network. He's on Twitter at B Topmeyer. Blake, what fascinates you more, the national title game or thinking about DJ Durkin, Jimbo Fisher, Steve Adazio, and Bobby Petrino all in the same room together, just crunching some film? Uh, probably the national championship game, although it's a good consolation prize on the other front. I, I know we talked about Bobby Petrino a few weeks ago and the possibility of him to Texas A&M. And I know that I'm paid to kind of have an opinion on, on all matters, but I'm actually sort of stuck hedging my bets on this one. Like I'm kind of like, I don't love it. I don't hate it. Like on the one hand, if Texas, if Jimbo Fisher is going to bother hiring a, an offensive coordinator, like, maybe hire someone who you might actually listen to, who's, who's not just going to be a puppet. And, and I do think Bobby Petrino, he'll stand up to Jimbo Fisher. He's not going to lay down for him. Um, he's going to have his voice. And if Jimbo doesn't like his voice, we've seen Bobby Petrino, he'll just up and quit. Uh, so he's, he's going to have his say. And, and maybe as a veteran guy, Jimbo will actually listen to him. Now, does Bobby P have the ideas um, to rejuvenate Texas A&M's offense? I don't know. I guess I'm not entirely sold on that, but I suppose I like this hire a little better than just some lackey whom Jimbo's not going to listen to anyway. Yeah, I'm weirdly in the camp of I kind of think it's going to work. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I think Petrino, Petrino and him are basically contemporaries. You know what I mean? Like, they were both the yeah. hot shot offensive coordinator at roughly the same time. I think Petrino has done a better job of evolving and adapting to rule changes than Jimbo has. I do not think Bobby Petrino has been as stubborn offensively, at least from a scheme standpoint, as Jimbo has been. I think maybe in his life, Bobby Petrino has been as stubborn, but (laughs) to your point, that might actually, that might kind of make it work in a weird way. Yeah, I I think it has a chance, and and I agree with you. I mean, I don't don't know that Petrino's like on the cutting edge of of masterminds in the game right now, but I I do think uh, pretty consistently, he's he's been pretty good on, on offense. Now it it went awry there for him at the end at Louisville, but by and large, he's got a pretty good body of work. Yeah, but it kind of went awry on him because his team quit on him. It's not like exactly. you know what I mean. Like it wasn't yeah. scheme. It's just like in the end, because yeah, Bobby Petrino's a jerk, like a team will quit on him. And I, and I do think it helps though now that he's he's not the CEO of right. the program. Um, you know, I mean, your players still might might think you're you're a jerk, but it's easier to quit on the head coach than it is to quit on an assistant, I believe. So, 
Yeah, I, I, I see a lot of negativity and naysaying toward this hire and on, on Twitter, which is kind of what Twitter's for, right? Like pithy remarks and all that. But in reality, it's like, well, if Jimbo was going to be forced to hire an offensive coordinator, again, why not use that hire to at least bring in someone whom he has some respect for, who's a veteran, whom he might actually listen to a, a little bit? Because, you know, if it's some young guy that, that Jimbo doesn't respect, even if, even if he's a sharp mind, Jimbo and his ego are going to are gonna roll right over that. He's not going to listen to him. And he's going to say, if you don't like the way things are going here, Texas A&M, you can, you can cut me the $80 million buyout check. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know. Weirdly, I guess maybe you and I were, you were talking about this this summer. Does this kind of make you want to buy a little A&M stock? Because you did, you pointed out, you're like, I want to sell them this year, but I kind of want to buy them next year. It does kind of make right. me want a little A&M stock. It does, and I have to remind myself of that. Like, I was one of the people before the season that's like, ah, I don't know about A&M this year, and now i got to remind myself, like, hey. You, you had part two telling- of that, yeah. Yeah, like, re- remember what you were telling yourself, Blake, before the season started, because it's like, I mean, I don't know that I was predicting five and seven, but I feel like I kind of got leg one right, and I don't always do that. And so it's like, yes, remind myself there was a leg two here because there might be something else coming here. Now, now I guess the downside is, A&M's lost quite a few bodies in the transfer portal. The recruiting class was not nearly as strong this year. There's been some recent developments that sort of uh, pump the brakes, I guess, on the idea that the momentum is building in this program. I mean, you know, if you're looking at things through a small scope here, there is no momentum in this this program. But I do still think they have a lot of talent coming back. I, I, I I think this season was so bad it could make a lot of people think, next season is going to be awful too, but I don't know. I, I think this might've been the terrible season before a, a, a good season, a great season. I don't know, but I think, I think a good season could be coming for him. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm like you, I'm not predicting them to win the West, but if you told me they went like a competitive 10 and two, I'm not saying like, Oh, you're high. feels like more like eight and four, something in if, between. I'm telling you, if you look at their schedule, they get like every big game at home. Hmm. Except, except Tennessee on the road. They yeah. Play, they play them at Neyland. Well, that was the other thing. So, Mark and I were discussing this. I'm curious to know your opinion. Could you, like, they avoid Georgia. But could you make the case they now have the two toughest SEC East teams on their schedule, not named Georgia? Like, has South Carolina and Tennessee, in your mind, clearly passed Florida, I guess, is the question. I think so. Um, I, I was. I had like one foot in the camp of I liked the Billy Napier hire when Florida made it. Did, didn't love it, but I thought that's a solid hire. Hope he'll do a solid job there. I've, I'm starting to get concerned. And Blake, they and again, they I have they, to, uh, they took they took a Memphis defensive lineman. What, what's wrong with yeah. what do you why do you got to throw Cam Jackson under the bus? I'm not here. throwing Cameron Jackson under the bus. But my point is, if that's your solution to fix problems in the SEC, is going off the Tiger defense, 340 pound defensive tackle. I rest my case, Your Honor. Okay. Billy Napier did not light the recruiting trail on fire in, in the way that he needed to. He hasn't, he hasn't hit the home runs in the transfer portal in the way we've seen some other programs do it. And, again, I, this is another one of these things I have to remind myself of. Like, I was in the camp that Florida was going to struggle this year. If you would have told me in August that Florida would go 6-7, and seven, I would have said, not surprised at all. I didn't think Florida was going to be very good this year. So I have to remind myself of that that, like, as frustrated as Florida fans are with Billy Napier right now, nothing about this season 
was anything unexpected to, to I think, a lot of people that had a realistic view of what he inherited. I think where my concern comes into play is, do we see a bright future ahead? Um, I, think it's, I think it requires a leap of faith right now. I, I don't know that we've, we've seen enough in, in recruiting and in the portal to make me believe that, that Billy Napier is going to quickly jumpstart this thing. Uh, by comparison, yeah, I mean, I think Tennessee remains well-positioned for the future. South Carolina. They sure seem to think they've jumped Florida. They gave Shane Beamer a $4 million raise today. Yeah, that, that more than anything is a thank you to Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, for drink, when Drinkwitz <laughs> got up to $6 million, I said, hey, coaches like Josh Heifel and Shane Beamer were the biggest beneficiaries because if that's the going rate for a coach in the SEC who's two games below 500, if, that's the, if $6 million is the going rate, for a guy who was worse than his predecessor, which Eli Drinkwitz is, like guys who are actually winning games, <laughs> I mean, what, what must you pay them now? And, and for Shane Beamer, that becomes $6.5 million. Uh, for Josh Heupel, I suspect it's, it's going to become you know, much more than even that. Shane is also elite, though, at making boosters. Like he, No one can spin an 8-4 and four like Shane can to his people. Like, the pe- like Shane knows how to, to play that room. Yeah, no, he... He's taken what Fr- Frank had, like the folksy charm, charm yeah. and Shane's like taking it to With, another he's level. He's a scheming, he's a scheming folksy sharp charm yeah, guy. Yeah, he's like much more yes. diabolical yes. than uh, than Frank. Schemer, not not diabolical. It gives off a negative connotation. He's much more uh, strategic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much more strategic with his folksy charm. What's interesting is if if you sit down in a room with Shane Beamer, I did this last summer. Sat down with him for almost an hour in in his office in Columbia. It's hard. It's hard to walk out of that office not not having some positive feelings about the guy. I mean, he's likable. It, it is yeah. what it is. He's likable when you sit down with him. I covered him at Virginia Tech. Is he in the group chat? What group chat? Is he in the, the Wayward Boys group chat, the, the, the Sons of Saban? The, uh, no, no, he's not. A, no. He, well, he was on, I thought he was on there. He was on Kirby's staff. Not he was uh, he's a he was tight with Kirby not yeah I don't Saban. think he's in, I don't think he's in Kirby and then chat. and then Kirby he's now he it, when he went to Oklahoma I think that was viewed as uh, he stepped outside the family yeah well because he wanted to get that fake uh, he Co- felt he needed that title. fake offensive well he was a coordinator he was like the special teams coordinator yeah but he wanted the, he wanted the he offensive. wanted the fake offensive coordinator even Correct. though clearly Lincoln Riley was calling the offense Correct. Yeah, but in fairness, yeah, he didn't get him the job. I don't think he—he's he, not in any group chat involving Kirby Smart. But you know, I was just saying, if if you get in a room with him, I think you'll come away liking the guy. If your perception of Shane Beamer is watching him coach on the sidelines on TV and seeing some of the the stuff that goes on on social media, I think you probably can't stand the guy. I mean, he has an ability to get under the skin of of fans of so many schools. Yeah. Like he's I mean, very corny. He's when very, when he was at yeah, I, Virginia Tech, when I was covering Virginia Tech, he he came in with like his big thing was like he got all these big recruits to come to commit to Virginia Tech, and then like all of them either like flunked out or never made it or whatever. But like you all you think about is like oh well he got on signing day he got the you know the top one hundred guy from Richmond to come to Virginia Tech, um, and they never really worked out. But he was also really good to your point, Blake. Like he like UVA fans. Hated him back then. He like made a comment one year, like about how he, he like they were talking about the spring game game crowd at Virginia Tech, and he just goes, "Hey, it looked like a home game in Charlottesville," and it just drove UVA fans nuts. Drove Since when do they nuts. care about football? <laughs> it just drove them nuts. It was great. 
I, I mean, being here in Knoxville, I can tell you, for a lot of Tennessee fans, like Shane Beamer is the, the coach that they can't stand the most. You know, I mean, it, it should be like the Florida coach or the Georgia coach or, or Alabama that's getting under well, your the, skin, the, right? Or the old Florida it's coach Beamer. that did coach in South Carolina. Right, right. Yeah, but it's Beamer. Beamer is the guy that, that needles them more than anything. And, and maybe it's because, I mean, how big of a step is it from Shane Beamer to Butch Jones? I mean, I'm not saying Shane is Butch. Um, I think there's more there. Uh, he's not the empty suit that Butch was, but it's, it's a fine line, right? I mean, Shane Beamer's a bit of a tent revivalist. Yeah, uh, you know, I, if so there was a car salesman, Beamer's the tent revivalist, and there's not that much difference between a car salesman and a tent revivalist. So I think the question becomes game day. Because I actually think for all the jokes about Butch, I think Butch ran a decent program except for game day. Like, he clearly is overmatched and overwhelmed on game day. Like, decisions, everything. Like, but it wasn't like those teams were like devo- like devoid of talent. Like he, I, I think yeah, totally. But Shane does seem to get game day a little bit better. Now my question though is, is Shane, is Shane Frank or is Shane Houston Nut? Because I can also get whiffs of Shane is capable of getting teams up for a big game, but they're going to kind of ride a roller coaster. I can kind of see that with Shane too. Well, that's what I was thinking earlier when, when you initially asked, you know, have Tennessee and, and South Carolina, are they clearly ahead of, of Florida? Like, I, I think the, the short answer is yes. I think with South Carolina, though, it's more complicated for the reasons you're describing. Like, I, I think, you know, next year, South Carolina, they're probably going to beat someone where we think, like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think they beat them. That's, that's a nice upset. And they're probably going to lose to someone where it's like, how, how did that happen? Um, and, and overall, I, I think South Carolina fans are going to come away with, you know, pretty, pretty positive feelings because I think they'll be back in a bowl game. I think the overall momentum will be in an upward trajectory. I think recruiting will be good. But, yeah, I, I do think he, he seems to have the early profile of a coach and a program that you don't necessarily want to play because they can, they can surprise you. Uh, but if you're a cellar dweller, maybe you do want to play them because uh, there, there are, are going to be a game or two each year, I think, where they, they don't show up. Shane strikes me as the type of guy, having gotten to know him and, like, watching him, like, he's going to be good at turning programs around. I'm not convinced, like, he's going to be the coach who gets you over the top. Build, builder, so, not a sustainer. Yeah, like, that's that's my gut feeling on him. But we'll see. Um, nice guy. I, I always liked him when I covered him at Virginia Tech. I, I wanted your thoughts, Blake, before we turn to the national championship game. I wanted your thoughts as a Michigan alum. I am <laughs> this Jim Harbaugh situation. The NCAA, the Michigan got hit with some hit with uh, some some level two violations, and then a level one specifically at Jim Harbaugh for lying. And now we're getting reporting that he lied about buying a recruit a burger. At a place called the Brown Jug, it's the oldest bar in Ann Arbor. Uh, Mark, said, can, Mark said overrated. I, I would just say, listen, like you can order food at the Jug. It's not encouraged. It's called the Jug for a reason. Yes. You go there to drink. <laughs> you do not go there there's, to eat. There's a menu because they have to have one. Like, <laughs> yes, like if you're, if it's one in the morning, yeah, yeah, sure, the burger probably tastes great, you know. But I'm just telling you, someone who went to school there, like you go to the Jug to drink, okay. The hockey team used to go to the jug every Sunday. To fight. And they, no, they call it church. They mm. said they were going to church That's and they'd the go to the jug. That's the hockey thing ever yes. in the um, French-Canadian. Yeah, hey, we're going to church, eh? <laughs> we're going to church. Um, 
But what do you make of the Harbaugh situation? It, the, the rumors of the NFL. The he puts out the, the statement. statement that he is totally expecting that he, he will. He can't be. predict the future. Yeah, but he's as of right now, he's like expecting that he'll probably be here next year. And then you got this NCAA stuff. How do you think it shakes out? Well, that's like me and Mark saying, uh, I can't predict the future, but I'm eagerly looking forward to working for Gannett and mm-hmm. the USA Today Network in February. <laughs> I think right? you'll say that every year, don't you? Oh, my. <laughs> Getting a little too close um, to comfort here, Blake. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm looking forward to it for, for, for many, many more months, yes. Uh, but no, <laughs> in, in terms of the brown jug, um, I can say, number one, if you're ordering a burger at a bar at 1 a.m., the cook who made that burger is feeling good. Yeah, <laughs> he that's is true. feeling good. I can tell you that. Uh, in Jim, Har- Jim, Jim Harbo, here's my response to the to the NCAA allegations. I was scrolling through Twitter yesterday, and I, and I believe maybe Dan Wetzel had the first report. Uh, you know, level level two violations and level one. I think I paused my thumb for about three seconds, and I said, "Huh." And then I kept scrolling like that. That's what these these NCAA deals have become now. Right? I mean, there's no real teeth behind any of it. The, the punishment uh, is lacking. What they are is if you're a school that's unhappy with your coach and you want to throw them overboard and you're looking for a way out of a bad contract. I mean, this stuff can be manna from heaven. Right. It's like, oh, well, suddenly we can fire him for cause. He's out of here. If you're a school that's pleased with your coach and doesn't want to lose him. And Michigan would rather be playing in California on, on Monday night. But by and large, you know, I think they're, they're happy with, with the direction of the program. You look at this stuff and you try, to, you try to cast doubt on it as much as possible. You try to make the NCAA have to be the villain. Uh, you stand behind your coach. And, and I think that's, that's the situation here for, for Michigan and, and Harbaugh. And they'll probably be just fine because the NCAA has no teeth anymore. All right, let's turn to the game. If Georgia wins, what's the story? They're the new Alabama? If Georgia wins, the story is that they're the new Alabama. And and I guess my argument to that would be, even if Georgia loses, I think that should be the argument. Uh, I'm with you. I think they've they've switched places. Like, I don't think Alabama's bad. I just think Alabama's what Georgia was for, like, the last decade. That's right. They've passed Alabama, and, and Alabama is still going to be really good. Like, I think sometimes we try to make things in, into the extreme, right? Like, well, if Georgia has, has passed Alabama, oh, my God. We love this, to kill a dynasty before it's dead. Yeah, is this dark days for Alabama? Well, no, Alabama just signed the number one ranked recruiting class. They signed 15 of the nation's top 100 prospects. I mean, my goodness, 15 of the top 100? That's crazy. Um, however, I think if you look what Alabama brings back next year, they're heading into a, a uncertain offseason. Like, this is very unusual for Bama. Normally, no matter how many stars they lose, you can see the next wave is there. You know, after that 2020 season, I don't think anybody was really worried about Bryce Young. I mean, I, was it any great shock that he came out and won the Heisman Trophy that year? No. Like, I, I mean, I think you, you saw Bryce Young and, and Will Anderson are going to lead the next cast at, at Alabama. I mean, you go back to, like, Guys like Derrick Henry grabbing yeah. the baton and becoming their, their breakout 1,000-yard rusher. Like, none of those things were a surprise. Like, you could see it in the making. Alabama's second string would be starters at almost any other program during the height of Saban's dynasty. I don't see that right now. Like, I see a lot of young talent. Um, I see this star-studded recruiting class coming in. But as I look ahead to next season, 
I'm not thinking like Alabama's the team to beat. I don't even think Alabama's the team to beat in the SEC West, quite frankly. LSU's returning some dudes. Um, they got two more proven quarterbacks than what Alabama has in its program. Now, whether they hold on to them both, we'll see. That's a challenge in this era. Um, but I, I really like and, and Brian Kelly's been active in the transfer portal once again, uh, just like he was last year. I, I think LSU's better positioned for the 2023 season than Bama. I think Georgia you know, will remain uh, at the top of, of college football mountain until someone pushes them off, and I don't think that's going to be easy. And I think Alabama is still going to be very, very good. And I think if Nick Saban coaches another five years, he will win another national championship. But, yeah, regardless of outcome on Monday, I think in the here and now, Georgia's passed Alabama. And, and, and it's because of what Kirby's done. He's recruited, he's developed, uh, and he's, he's done the Alabama model as well as, as Nick was doing it at the, at the height of his dynasty. Real quick, because you got to get out of here, what's your prediction? Do you give TCU a chance in this? I think they'll score. I, I think T, uh, Georgia's defense has been exposed a little bit the last couple games. Uh, I don't know if it's gassed, if it's just the reality that maybe there's a little bit more of a gap between last year's Georgia defense and this year's Georgia defense than was initially apparent. Um, and I just think TCU's got a really good offense. They, I, I, I love their playmakers at wide receiver. Uh, Max Duggan tends to rise in the moment. I think they'll score. I love Georgia's offense right now. I think it's it's been, you know, a, a unit for two years now that as good as Georgia's been, I don't know if it's gotten enough praise because of how much attention usually goes to the defense. But in the SEC championship game, and particularly in the playoffs, like I know, I know the defense delivered in the fourth quarter, but by and large, it was Georgia's offense winning those games. Um, and they got playmakers all over the field. I don't think TCU can stop that. So I would go about 41-28 Georgia, I think. 41-20. So depends on if you get 12-and-a-half or 13. All right. <laughs> That's right, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. Blake, we appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, guys. That was Blake Topmeyer, SEC columnist for the USA Today Network. You can follow him on Twitter at btopmeyer, and you can read his work here in Memphis in the Commercial Appeal. I can't get... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. 
Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.